the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Everybody, another Algatulo Craft Beer cast on AM 970, The Answer. Got a great show for you tonight. Craft Beer guest that's going to join me later this hour. The usual news and notes to get to. But first, how can you follow me as we listen to a little Van Halen and OU812 feels so good in the background there. We'll get to Sammy's vocals in just a second. You can follow me on Twitter at Algatulo, Instagram at Gatulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O. And here it comes. Well, Sammy Hagar and uh, Van Halen, OU812, that album came out in 1988, just before the summer of 1988, if I'm not mistaken. I actually have to, you know what, I'm going to do that right now and look up when OU812 was released. And uh, May 24th of 1988, so just about a month before uh, my graduation from high school, that album debuted. Uh, And it's one of my favorite I like the Sammy Hagar era. I know there are a lot of people that don't like the Sammy Hagar era, but I do like the Sammy Hagar era. Listen, uh, we're on Facebook.com slash AGCraftBeerCast. Email at Albert G at NYCRadio.com. iTunes, Google Play, just do a search for AGCraftBeerCast. Alexa Ready, Radio.com, the Hopped Up Network as well. And we're up on the Hopped Up Network, usually Monday mornings before 6 in the morning. You can listen to the show. Now, coming up in 20 minutes, Dan Pogel. Pogorzelski, I'm hoping I got his name right there, the owner of Tyndall Road Brewery. They're located in Bordentown, New Jersey. He's going to join me. Now, part of what I want to talk to Dan about, um, and he reached out to me. He's been wanting to get on the show, and, you know, just things just didn't work out, uh, uh, you know, one time that we tried to set something up there. But anyway, part of what I want to talk about with Dan is the fact that his brewery has been closed for the last few weeks during the pandemic. How is he getting his beer out and sold? Is he moving beer or is he just shutting down for now until uh, the end of this pandemic? That's coming up in about 20 minutes from now. We'll get into that with him about that. But, you know, I- I've always been a Sammy Hagar fan. I loved when Sammy Hagar joined Van Halen. And there was an interview last week that he did with Eddie Trunk. And he and Eddie Trunk are pretty good friends. And Van Halen fans have always blamed Sammy Hagar on the use of keyboards uh, during Van Halen's or Van Hagar's existence, right? You had 5150, OU812, very keyboard heavy. Uh, they started to get back into a little more harder rock later. And I think like the last album, I think, was more um, was more guitar than, than keyboard. But Sammy said in the interview, he said, hey, man, it wasn't me. I'm a guitar guy. I'm not a keyboard guy. I can't play keyboards. Eddie was the one who wanted to experiment with keyboards. You saw that in 1984, all the synthesizers and stuff and whatever, and David Lee Roth didn't like the direction that the band was going in. So 
if you want to blame anybody, you can blame Eddie for it because he wanted to ex- he wanted to explore different musical things. And don't forget, in the eighties, a lot of bands started doing synthesizers. Uh, you saw that with Judas Priest. You saw that with um, with a, a number of different bands. Def Leppard, all of them started to experiment with synthesizers. Rush. They all started to experience with that synth guitars and things like that. Hence, Turbo Lover from Van H- from uh, Judas Priest, which was terrible. So. Um, you know, you can't blame Sammy on this one. It was what Eddie wanted to do. Eddie kind of d- drove the band. Don't forget that. Um, so I, I always loved OU812. Uh, it's a great album because it's my senior year of high school. I was I just turned 18. I was looking forward to a great summer, and it was a really good summer. But there were things that had happened in my life at that point um, that weren't so great. Um, it was a month before my prom. Uh, I wasn't going with the girl that I wanted to go with. Uh, she had broken up with me. And... Um, uh, I'll be honest with you, I wasn't happy about it. And um, this album kind of reminds me of those things, of, of time you know, my time in my life that was very difficult in how I tried to push my way through it. Um, and I don't mean to get off on a tangent here, but um, yeah, it bothered me a lot. But this album kind of brought me back into that good mood and kind of that, hey, summer's coming, it's going to be great, we're going to have a fun summer, and I did. Um, so... Um, it's it's for me musically. It's an important album in my life. Might not be for yours, but definitely you should check it out. Give it a listen again. You never know. You might just uh, grow to like a couple of the songs that are on that album. Anyway, let's get into some beer news. Stone Brewing uh, a week ago laid off employees of its restaurants, tap rooms, and distribution sales force and mounted about three hundred and six workers, about thirty percent of its workforce. This, according to the San Diego Union Tribune. Um, you know, again, as we get through this pandemic here, we're going to see more and more people getting laid off. Because businesses are just not operating the way they are. They're operating their bistro and tap rooms with delivery and curbside pickups, so their restaurants are still open and they're still producing beer. But a lot of the people they don't need because there's not much for these people to do. Stone, the latest beer company to shed staff, um, in California, multiple breweries have either laid off or furloughed workers, Russian River, Green Flash, The Lost Abbey, Coronado, uh, Carl Strauss, Society, Four Sons Brewing, among many others, and others around the country. Deschutes have cut workers, McMenon's. Fiveco USA, Three Floyds, Night Shift, Great Lakes, Harpoon, uh, Unida, Jester King, Monday Night Brewing, among others. Uh, recent Brewers Association survey found that 60, over 65% of respondents had cut staff considerably. Boston Beer Company lost 90% of its on-premise business in a matter of three weeks, furloughed about a dozen workers at its Cincinnati taproom. Uh, this is some serious stuff, folks, and we're not going to be out of the woods anytime soon. So I think... The more that you can adapt to the ever-changing landscape temporarily, I think things are going to go back to somewhat normal. I, I don't know what that somewhat normal is, but I do think we're going to get back to some normalcy. But again, how do you do that and get people to go to tap rooms and commiserate with people and be in close contact with people? That's going to be the difficult balance. Um, you're going to see a stranger who's going to cough or sneeze. You're going to panic. There's going to be that initial dread of, oh, my God, do they have? I don't care who you are. You're going to feel that way. Doesn't matter the situation. I don't care if you're there with a group of friends. One of your friends sneezes. You're going to look and go, do they have it? Am I going to get it? What's going on? So, you know, we're in a new normal now. And what that is, I, I don't know. I'm hoping that a lot of these businesses stay open, not just breweries. Small businesses, CBS um, Sunday Morning did a story last week about how almost a quarter 
of businesses in this country, small businesses in this country, are going to close and never reopen because of this. Whether they can't get money, they can't sustain their operations, whatever the case may be. This is a big problem. So it's even more important now to support those small businesses that are open. You should be supporting every brewery that you could possibly support that's local in your area. You should be supporting restaurants in your area. Order takeout one or two nights a week. If you can, I mean, listen, if you can't do it financially, you've lost your job, totally understand that. But if you're working and you have the wherewithal to do it, do it. Tip heavily. That's important, okay? This is, you know, this is critically important. I had some other news to get to here, but we only have a couple of minutes left in this segment, and I'm going to save it for the next segment. But let me tell you something. Um, The more that you support these local businesses, the more of an opportunity they're going to have to stay open. There's an interesting article um, that Blake Crawford from the Elementary uh, had posted um, last week that I had posted on on my page. And um, I don't remember if I posted it on the BeerCast page. Maybe I'll post it over there as well. But it brought up a good point. All of these app-based services that are delivering your food, Grubhub and and, and whatever they are, I I don't use them, Uber Eats or whatever, um, the restaurants are paying the bulk of the money. They're not getting money from it. These these apps haven't even reduced their commission rate. And the workers, on the flip side of it, are still getting paid, you know, $12 an hour and looking for a tip. These people should be getting hazard pay. They're driving around to serve your food to you. They should be getting paid more money. And the app-based company should be absorbing the cost of that, not the restaurant. The restaurant should not have to forego... 15, 20, 30 percent of its of its take to this app service to get the food out. You may think that you're saving money, but you're not. I always go curbside delivery if I have to when, when it comes to taking out food. And I, w- I will not. Uh, and if I do have to get my food delivered, I'm tipping the driver heavily in cash. So they get the money and not the app. Now, I don't know how it works. I don't again, I don't I've never used one of those services, DoorDash or any of those other things. But be careful what you do and, and how you use these app-based services and things of that nature. It's important to, to, to really look into that um, in, in the bottom line. But it's even more important now, more than ever, to be supporting as many small businesses as you possibly can, whether it's a brewery, whether it's maybe it's the local coffee shop that's open, maybe it's a little breakfast place that's open, uh, breakfast or lunch, and, and try to order out at least one or two days a week, even if it's 15 bucks. Something. It's so important because if we lose these small businesses, small business, the lifeblood of America, we start losing these people, we're going to be in an even deeper recession and and possibly a depression that maybe that we cannot afford to get out of. So again, I urge you, support those small businesses, help them out, buy a four-pack of beer, buy a growler, whatever the case may be, do those things to help these people out. It's so vitally important. And it'll keep them in business and... You'll be doing good because you're putting food on another family's table where they're helping to pay a bill. That's what's important here. we got more news to get to coming up after a short break. Folks, we're just getting started on this program. It's the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Dennis Prager sees two completely different sides of COVID-19. In my life, I have never been as proud to be a conservative as I am now. We're the ones rebelling. The herd is the left. They are both cattle and cattle ranchers. That's that's why they're so dangerous, the left. The Dennis Prager Show, weekdays at 1, right before Sebastian Gorka at 3 on AM 970. 
The Answer. Dr. Sebastian Gorka hopes something good comes out of all this. It's reminded us of how fragile we are, how fragile life is. And perhaps it's helping millions of Americans to reconnect with their creator and with the truth that exists outside of them and is eternal and is immutable. America First with Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Afternoons at 3, right before Kevin McCullough at 5 on AM 970. The Answer, brought to you in part by Connors and Sullivan Attorneys at Law. Whether you need help drafting a will, trust, power of attorney, or health care proxy, their experienced team of attorneys have been helping clients plan their estates for over 30 years. You're listening to Al Gutulo's Craft Beer Cast, sponsored in part by Source Farmhouse Brewery. Get your handcrafted beer from none other than The Source. You know, Michael's of Brooklyn is one of the five best Italian restaurants in the nation. Well, they're open for takeout, curbside, or delivery. Check out the menu at michaelsofbrooklyn.com. Prepared foods are also available at Michael's Pastry Shop. And don't forget their delicious, authentic sauce available online and in stores. You can still have quality Italian food during this difficult time. Call 718-998-7851. 718-998-7851. This is Owen Strand for townhall.com. The coronavirus pandemic is awful. Nonetheless, we should not miss that this event allows us the opportunity to take stock of our national health. Here's one angle. For decades, Americans have watched as uncritical globalism has shipped hometown jobs to overseas locales. Many hardworking people have lost employment, with many men struggling greatly. Opioids have filled the gap, leaving families ravaged in their wake. Too long have we just watched these trends. Too long have our towns crumbled, our families pulled apart. Too long have we tolerated economic chaos to buy trinkets for a few dollars less. The social costs have been staggering. A global economy bears many benefits to us all. But uncritical globalism has had major consequences. We need masks, for example, but depend upon a corrupt Chinese government for them. The irony is thick. Now is a great time to imagine what a national reset could look like. I'm Owen Strand. Alliance Defending Freedom. Protecting your First Amendment liberties. Take AM 970 The Answer anywhere you go with our mobile app. Get in on iTunes, Google Play, or listen on TuneIn, iHeart, Alexa, or Radio.com. Welcome back to the Agatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. Here it comes. Come on now. So uh, we're back here on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. I could give, give you the usual spiel of how to follow me, but I just want to get into this for a second because I was having a debate with a buddy of mine. Um, we're both big Judas Priest fans. So that's locked in from the Turbo uh, 
album that came out after Defenders of the Faith, April of 1986, actually earlier this week in 1986, that album uh, was released. And I remember the day that it came out. I remember buying it. My best friend and I, uh, we went to his house, dropped the needle on the record, because uh, back then there was records, wasn't CDs yet. And uh, we put it on, and we were both dumbfounded, blown away. After the success of the, the previous two albums of Screaming for Vengeance and Defenders of the Faith, you hear this synthesized, you know, we used harsher terms than nonsense uh, in describing it. And I've always contended that this is one of the worst albums that Judas Priest has ever put out. Turbo Lover is by far one of my worst songs from Judas Priest, the most awful song they've ever put out. And they play it in concert constantly. It's a big hit for them, right? Um, I found one song on that album that is actually listenable, and I do listen to it when I work out, Out in the Cold. It's a, it's a six-and-a-half-minute song. It builds very slowly, but it really uh, accentuates Halford's lyrics. Even the guitars, even though they're, they're synthesized, they're okay. And I get it. It was the mid-'80s. A lot of bands were um, experimenting with synthesized guitars, Rush, uh, Judas Priest, uh, Iron Maiden a little bit, um, uh, Dokken, uh, Dio. You know, a lot of these guys were mixing, the, were mixing the synthesized stuff in. I get it. I totally get it, right? Um, but I, I hated that album. So a buddy of mine a couple of nights ago when I put it out and I said, you know, it was the worst album ever, he said, nah, you know what? It's still better than a lot of the stuff that's been out in the last 10 years. All right, I'll give him that. And then he said, you know, there's good stuff in there. And then he said, Locked In is a really good song. And so I'm listening to it again. I said, uh, you know what? It, it, it isn't a terrible song. Locked In is not bad. There are some other ones. A Parental Guidance, the song they had to do uh, to, to satisfy the parents' association, whatever it was. That's a god-awful song. There's a lot of really bad songs on that album. Locked In, not so much. Uh, Out in the Cold, I like it. Turbo Lover, not a chance. You'll never get me to play that on the show. I can't stand that song. Every time he does it in concert, uh, that's my bathroom break when they when they do that song. I'm sorry, but as much as I love Judas Priest, and I apologize for going on the music tangent for the last couple of minutes, it's just a, it's to me it's just an awful album. The next album that came out with Ram It Down after that, right back to the heavy metal roots, banging hard. You know, just the way I like uh, Judas Priest. The last two Judas Priest albums, very good, hard, heavy. Uh, you know, real good guitar licks. That's my that's my wheelhouse when it comes to heavy metal and Judas Priest. I'm sorry. Anyway, coming up in 10 minutes, Dan Pogoselski, the owner of Tyndall Road Brewery located in Bordentown, New Jersey, is going to join me. Uh, and again, part of what I want to talk to him about, I believe his brewery has been closed for the last few weeks during the pandemic. We'll confirm that with him. How is, beer, how is he getting his beer out? Uh, how, how he's selling it? And what, what it's like to be a small owner uh, when you're dealing with, you know, obviously people coming into your tap room to buy beer, now you don't have that outlet, what can you do? Now, look, there's a lot of breweries that are out there. I'm, I'm focusing on New Jersey alone, but obviously in New York, Torch and Crown is delivering beer. Uh, Killsboro is delivering beer. Flagship is delivering beer on Staten Island. Other breweries are delivering beer to the five boroughs, which is great. New Jersey is doing the same thing. I know Bolero and Kane are doing uh, – uh, Bolero is doing statewide delivery. Kane is doing almost all of the state. Um, uh, Untied is doing uh, certain areas uh, per day. I would encourage you to check their Facebook pages. That's probably where you're going to get the most accurate information. Source is delivering in a certain radius, but uh, they're, they're using a great website, in, uh, beerbroadcast.com, to sell their beer. By the way, one of the guys from beerbroadcast.com uh, is going to join me. 
on next week's program. We're going to talk a little bit about BeerBroadcast.com and what they're doing to help the beer community, uh, which is really important. Colin Keeney uh, is going to join me next week on the program. We'll talk to him about uh, how they created BeerBroadcast.com and how uh, you as a brewery can get involved nationwide. Uh, it's free right now for for brewers to get your beer out there, get it sold, and uh, be able to have uh, people come locally uh, to pick it up. Let's get into some more news before we have to break here. State lawmakers in New Jersey, New York, Ohio, and Massachusetts proposing bills that will extend uh, business interruption insurance clauses to cover losses sustained uh, due to the pandemic. This is very important. So a, a lot of business interruption insurance, if it's included in a policy, is paid out when a business cannot operate normally due to physical damage, such as a fire or flood, uh, those natures. Closures due to pandemics are often specifically excluded from coverage. Now, some state governments are working to change that. New Jersey's and New York's versions of the bill would apply the coverage extension only to businesses with fewer than 100 employees working at least 25 hours per week. In Massachusetts, the bill would prohibit insurance companies from denying claims for the loss of use or occupancy of property or business interruption due to coronavirus. Businesses with fewer than 150 employees would receive the coverage extension. Ohio's bill would require insurance companies to cover losses attributable to viruses and pandemics under business interruption clauses for companies with 100 or fewer employees. This is very important. This this pandemic does not cover these businesses, and a lot of them are going to go out of business if they don't get some type of coverage, insurance of which they're paying for, and now they can't get out of it. So uh, this is important, and hopefully these state legislatures can get these bills passed and, and pass this relief along uh, to these local uh, businesses all over the tri-state area. It's very uh, very important. And then finally, two other quick stories. Uh, actually, Funky Buddha uh, has announced their Beers for the Biz program. It's an effort to bring aid and awareness to, to families in the food and beverage industry and uh, affected by the pandemic. Uh, Funky Buddha will donate a portion of its beer sales during this month of April to core children of restaurant employees, providing support to food and beverage service employees with children who have been uh, or have had someone in their immediate family medically diagnosed with covid uh, the brewery will also engage in an awareness campaign to encourage families in need of aid to register at uh, beersforthebiz.com. Uh, this is great that what Funky Buddha is doing, so uh, you definitely want to check that out. And again, for additional information, to donate to CORE or to apply for aid, please visit beersforthebiz.com. That's beersforthebiz.com. As we continue on here on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer, uh, a metro Atlanta brewery is selling beers with a twist on the public health emergency. The president of Wild Heaven Brewery says they were in the process of making two new brews already and decided to name them after some signs at the time. One pale ale is called Fauci Spring. That's named after, of course, the infectious disease specialist, Dr. Anthony Fauci. A German-style lager is named Don't Stand So Close to Me, which is a spin on social distancing and, of course, the song from the police. There is a limited supply of each. You can check that out. Again, the brewery is called Wild Heaven Brewery in Atlanta, Georgia. And then uh, this is a great story. It's been all over the news, which I think is awesome. So a 93-year-old woman living in Seminole, Pennsylvania, is thanking Coors Light for answering her plea. Now, again, I'm not a Coors Light drinker, but I get it. Uh, a photo of Olive Verasoni, uh, Veronese, excuse me, holding up a sign saying she needs more beer went viral. She was also holding a can of Coors Light. The company took notice and tweeted more beer was on its way. According to TMZ, Coors delivered 
10, 15 packs to the woman's home. They had them stacked up outside. She was so happy and surprised that uh, they had sent that. So kudos to Coors uh, in this time of need, getting getting somebody um, a beer that obviously she drinks more often. She's 93 years old. I'm not expecting her to be drift, uh, drinking craft beer. So this is, a, this is a wonderful thing. And again, kudos to Coors uh, for helping her out uh, in her time of need. Again, it is so important that we support small businesses uh, at this time. Because, look, what is the new normal? What's going to happen when they decide to reopen the country? It's not going to be a flipping of a switch and people rushing back to restaurants and breweries. I would not be surprised. I know California is trying to constitute this where um, you would take the amount of space that's in your restaurant and you would cut it in half, and you'd have half of those people. And, again, tables spread out. So, you 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 know, I, I think... The new norm is going to be a lot more people are going to be doing takeout. Businesses are going to be pressed to reopen in a smaller type of space. And we need to do our part to help those businesses to survive, whether it's restaurants, whether it's uh, dance companies. You're not going to see sports and concert venues return to normal, I think, until next year. I think, to be honest with you, and I hope this doesn't happen, I think the concert calendar for this coming summer is going to be wiped out. I think everything is going to be rescheduled for next year. Maybe in the fall you get an opportunity to go see a band, but even Judas Priest is going to be playing the Prudential Center in September. I don't know if that's going to happen for me. I'd be very disappointed, but you never know. We'll see what happens. We have a new normal here, and um, I think it's going to be some time before we get back to that sense of normalcy where we're not afraid that maybe the person next to me who coughs or sneezes has coronavirus. It's going to be a very delicate balance. Just my two cents on the whole thing. When we come back after a short break, Dan Pogolzelski, the owner of Tyndall Road Brewery, will join me. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. News, opinion, passion. This is AM 970, The Answer. It's cloudy and 57 degrees. What's going on? We have the answer. New Yorkers are now required to wear face coverings when they are out in public and social distancing is not possible. Paul DeCastro reports. The new mandate requires a mask or face covering on busy streets, public transit, or any situation where people are unable to maintain a distance of six feet amid the coronavirus outbreak. Officials say acceptable face coverings include a bandana, a repurposed piece of clothing, or something to cover your nose and mouth. The rule applies to everyone two years old and older. Governor Andrew Cuomo says people are also required to cover their face when using private car services, including Uber and taxis. Paul DeCastro, NBC News Radio, New York. As the pandemic continues, New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio wants New Yorkers to report on New Yorkers. A new video posted by the mayor's office shows de Blasio explaining that there are still New Yorkers that need to get the message. The mayor then urges New Yorkers to report social distancing violations by taking a photo and texting it to 311 whenever they see a crowd, a line that's not distanced anything. The New York Post is reporting that the video received quite a bit of online backlash from New Yorkers who were less than pleased by the mayor's advice. In sports, the 10-part documentary series that con- Michael Jordan's last championship when the Bulls were set to begin on ESPN with a two-hour-long episode. They will run ESPN two episodes each Sunday night through May 17th. 
Traffic delays on the Turnpike southbound at Interchange 9. That accident's been cleared. Your Hudson River crossings, no longer uh, any delays really at the George Police Department. Activity has been cleared. Weather for tonight, mostly cloudy, low around 47. 20% chance of rain before noon on Monday. You'll see some gradual sunshine building, high 58. Now you know what's going on. I'm Amy Salerno on AM 970. The answer. Source Farmhouse Brewery presents the Source First Annual Homebrew Competition. Listen, it's a crazy time right now. You're stuck at home. You're bored. Maybe you're a home brewer. Listen, why not brew your own beer? And better yet, enter it to win a huge contest. All you got to do is enter by June 28th. The Source Guys and I will select 32 beers to compete in our official brewer's bracket. No March Madness, no problem. We got your bracket right here. Beers are going to compete head-to-head in a blind taste test competition for three weekends in a row. The winner from each weekend will advance to the championship round, which will be broadcast live August 2nd from Source Farmhouse Brewery. The winner is going to receive a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to work with the Source Brewers to scale up and brew their homebrew on the pro level. They're going to go through the process from A to Z, brewing, cellaring, packaging. You're going to get to work with the branding and marketing team at Source on naming, label design, and all things release and launch related. Yes, you will get to be featured on one of Source Farmhouse Brewery's can releases. That is awesome. You will also receive the first inaugural Source Pro-Am Home Brewer Cup Trophy, a swag pack, and we're even going to throw in a $200 Source gift card. How about that? Head to am970theanswer.com to enter and sign up before June 28th for your chance to have your home brew professionally brewed at the one and only Source Farmhouse Brewery. It's going to be a blast. Tweet us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. We're everywhere. am970theanswer.com I wasn't planning on a Judas Priest-type theme for the show this week. It just uh, naturally came that way. Welcome back to the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, you can follow me on Twitter at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast, Google Play and iTunes, just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast, Alexa Ready as well. We're also on Radio.com, and you can also hear us over at the Hopped Up Network at thehoppedupnetwork.com. Uh, my next guest is uh, one of the owners of a brewery. They've been open since last July, and but he's been brewing beer for years as a home brewer, and they're located uh, right in Bordentown, New Jersey, in the uh, in, I guess in the city center area of Bordentown, New Jersey. For more info, you can just check out their Facebook page at facebook.com slash Tyndall Road Brewery. Let me welcome to the Craft Beer Cast for the first time, Dan Apogorzelski. Uh, Dan, how are you? Very good, sir. How are you? I am doing good. Uh, Dan, so you were a home brewer for a long time. Was it always in your plan to open up your own brewery? No, actually. Uh, this idea was just hatched a couple of years ago, 2017. Um, my wife actually was the uh, brainchild. She, my, my wife, Marcy, uh, uh-huh. she... She had the idea to do something with it, and for me, it was always just uh, having some fun in the garage and, and doing different things, but um, yeah, she was the one that came up with the plan, and that was, uh, I've been homebrewing since uh, 1998, 99, somewhere around there. Wow. So, so, okay. um, so, so yeah. So your wife was the, bra- was the brains behind the operation here of getting you to do this as a, as a business venture, and then you guys took over an existing place, is that correct? That is correct. Yeah, the former uh, the brewery before us was called Common Sense Brewery in the same spot. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
And and how did and how did that come about? Um, that uh, obviously they went out of, they went out of business, and you guys decided to take over the space. Well, no. Um, so you know, in 2017, like I said, we came up with this idea and started uh, putting. And my wife put together the business plan, and we started looking at spots, uh, kind of to start from scratch. You know, and um, it's obviously it was a lot of money, and we were looking, and and nothing was really panning out. And then we saw that. Common Sense came up for purchase, um, and it was actually it was really a, a great opportunity for us because they um, we bought their LLC, so we have uh, so we bought um, all the equipment, the business, everything. Um, so it was kind of like move in turnkey, um, start brewing, you know. Uh, gotcha. Although we did make some changes to the to the uh, brewery itself, the equipment and stuff like that. Gotcha. So that obviously it made it easier for you guys to take over as opposed to well, we're going to sell you the business, but We've already sold, you know, certain parts of the business. Everything was already ready to go. There wasn't anything that you had to go out and physically buy, big, you know, tanks and things of that nature. Everything was right there for you. Yes, um, although you know, obviously, we moved in. We um, we uh, we painted and we decorated and we did some things, kind of to make it our own space. And uh, we did spend, um, we did replace um, their whole cold side uh, with some uh, new uh, stainless steel jacketed fermenters. Um, so. Um, that was, you know, just a few things that we did. We spent some money on some other equipment, like a keg washer, which is huge, you know, when you're cleaning kegs. If anybody has cleaned kegs, like, one at a time by hand or whatever, but uh, stuff like that. Well, a, a, a time, a time, uh, you know, a, a, not I shouldn't say, the, the word I was going to say, I'm not going to say, but it is, a, it, it is a pain in the rear end uh, to clean those out by hand. Talking with Dan Pogoselski, he's the owner of Tyndall Road Brewery. They're located in Bordentown, New Jersey. For more information on them, you can check out their Facebook page at facebook.com slash Tyndall Road Brewery. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. So uh, both you and your wife still hold full-time jobs, though, so you're basically you're brewing beers on the weekend. Is that correct? That's correct, yeah. Well, we were up until, you know, almost a month ago because um, uh, – but yeah, she's a teacher, and um, so she's home now with the children. And I and I work for an environmental consulting company, and I still am working full time doing stuff that's necessary. So uh, I'm not here working full time. But um, yeah, uh, it was in the beginning. You know, it was it's, it's obviously a lot of work. Um, but um, I so I was there seven days a week in the beginning for the first few months, and then you know as uh, we started to get more into a rhythm, uh, things became uh, settled down a bit. So I'm there. On, on a normal schedule, I'm there. Uh, Saturday's typically brew day for us, and I'm there one or two nights during the week doing some other stuff, you know, getting equipment cleaned and ready and stuff for, for the next batch, stuff like that. So, uh, uh, yeah, and she runs the whole business side, um, you know, basically from home and whatever. Uh, so, yeah, gotcha. it, it is some work, but, you know, but it's been uh, but it's been fun so far. But, but fun, not only, and obviously a labor of love for you guys, but obviously it's something that, you know, it, it, it really tugs you know, at your heart, it's something that, you know, you might not have wanted to do as a, as a business venture, but um, doing it now and together is always a nice thing. And with, and with the pandemic in full swing, Dan, uh, for the last month, uh, as a small business, and, you now, and you've made the decision to close a couple of weeks ago, uh, how, how has that been for you in terms of in closing up shop uh, and not being able to get the beer out there that you obviously you had stuff in tanks, maybe you had stuff that you put in there already and you're waiting for it to ferment. How has that been uh, since you haven't been able to to stay open? Well, um, I'd say fortunately um, we 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 saw this coming and then we got the order to well close the tap room. Um, we don't. It's a it's a small system at the brewery. It's only a three barrel system, so 
Um, we don't do anything as far as uh, canning or, or bottling or anything like that. The only place you can get it is at the brewery. Um, we do have uh, a crowler machine, a, uh, you know, a can sealer at the, at the, in the tap room, so you can take a crowler to go if you want or two or whatever. And normally people could bring in their growlers and stuff too to fill. But um, so, uh, you know, we saw this thing coming and we just, and we said, let's stop because um, we own all of our kegs. That's, that's one, number one, number two, we have limited refrigerator space. Um, so as of right now, everything is kegged in the refrigerator. We are completely full. I don't have any more room for anything and all of my fermenters are empty. So we're kind of at like a standstill at this point. Um, just waiting to see how it goes over the next month or so. Hopefully things starting to lighten up a bit and whatever, you know, we'll see how it goes. Gotcha. Talking with Dan Pogorzelski, the owner of Tyndall, uh, Tyndall Road Brewery. They're located in Bordentown, New Jersey. And for more info on them, you can just check out their Facebook page at facebook.com slash Tyndall Road Brewery. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. So, Dan, we know that most of the money uh, set aside for small business has been depleted. The government is trying to put together a second phase of this money to be allotted to small businesses. So my question to you, since you've had to close... Were you able to, or had you had any uh, intention of filing for um, uh, from relief for uh, the small businesses, or are you planning to file for it at all? Yeah, um, that's that's a question better for Marcy, but unfortunately she's not here with me. But yes, um, I know she's done a couple of things that um, things that are available to us, but um, at the same time, um, fortunately our. Uh, we got our, our rent from our landlord is deferred um, as long as this thing is going on or for at least the next few months. And also our uh, our loan payment, we got deferred. So really, we don't have any expenses at this point. We do have bartenders that work for us that unfortunately are, are out of work now and collecting right. unemployment and stuff. But um, other than that, me and her are the only uh, other employees. And I don't get paid anyway, so what's the big deal? Right, right. I got that. <laughs> so then let me then let me ask you, Dan, if, if uh, a small brewer... Um, such as yourself is listening to the program right now. And I'm not talking about guys who are making cans and getting them shipped all over the state and doing that. I'm talking about a guy who's similar to you, small barrel system, they've had to close. What's the advice uh, that you would give to somebody from somebody uh, somewhere else in the country, maybe where the pandemic hasn't hit them as hard yet? What would you advise them to do in terms of keeping the business open or making the decision to, hey, if you have your stuff already kegged and, and refrigerated and, you, you know, you know you can protect that investment for a little while, what would be the advice that you would give to somebody? You know, um, I guess if we could have seen this coming and maybe hindsight's always twenty twenty, obviously, but it, now, as you're probably aware, there's a there's a nationwide crowler shortage. Um, mm-hmm. if, if you, you know, if you could have bought crowlers uh, if I could have bought, let's say, a, uh, a pallet, because normally we get them, we buy them from uh, a friend of ours that gets them. Uh, he gets a, he gets, they get a large amount. We buy like a hundred, we go through like a hundred uh, a month um, on a regular basis, you know? Um, so, but because only because we don't, number one, have the storage space to, to store a whole pallet of crowlers, like, and, you know, have 2000 of them sitting there. But um, so I would have, if, if I had seen it coming a month ago, I would have said, I would have bought, all them crowlers, and then we could have kind of done at least a little bit of takeout here and there, you know, with uh, right. something like that. But, you know, um, I, I guess, you know, honestly, it's it's kind of worked out well for us the way that it did, and we were able to see it coming and, and understand that we were going to be shut down so that I don't have free batches sitting in my fermenters that are going to uh, eventually go bad because I don't have anywhere to put them, you know? Right. Exactly. Um, 
Exactly. So, so, um, so, so you, you know, had. I mean, you had the foresight to kind of. So, in other words, you're telling people, hey, if you if you got stuff and you're ready to keg it and you're ready to put it away, put it away for now. Hopefully, you get through the next couple of months because I mean, for and again, we're speculating in all these different reports talking about maybe we open up next month in May, maybe we open up in June here on the East Coast, maybe in other areas they open up a little bit sooner. So, it, you know, a, a little bit of uh, tucking some stuff away, and if you can do it from a financial standpoint, that might be better for you. That's the point you're trying to get across right yeah yeah absolutely yep uh dan last question from me what do you, you long day of work you come home what are you cracking open to have to drink <laughs> whatever's in, whatever's in the fridge <laughs> <laughs> as long as it's cold right i mean you know i um i i i do enjoy my ipas my double ipas my new england ipas um and there are so many good ones out there now it's not like you need to get your Hetty Topper or your Hill Farmstead or whatever, you know, um, so many good local craft uh, craft beers now, even in New Jersey and Pennsylvania locally that, that are readily available to everyone. So um, I don't know if I had to pick one. Jeez, uh, you know, Ludlam Island is making some really good um, IPAs now. Right. Um, so, so shout out to them. There but you go. I don't know. I had some, you know, whatever. I, when I go to the store, I, I really, uh, I, look for something new that I haven't tried yet, or I might get something that I really love. Um, but, you know, honestly, I, there's Miller Lights in my fridge, too, and, hey, you know, whatever's there. There you go. I mean, but you and I think along the same lines. Try to do something new every time or just go to the old standby when you can. Dan Pogelzelski, he's the owner of Tyndall Road Brewery, located in Bordentown, New Jersey. He's been my guest here on the Agatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM970. The answer for more info on the brewery, check out their Facebook page at facebook.com slash Tyndall Road Brewery. Dan, thanks so much for joining me tonight. Very much appreciate it. Thank you, man. Thanks. How nice talking to you. You got it. Up next, it's time for Suds and Duds on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. Dennis Prager says the left is seeing red. January 21st, Dr. Fauci. This is not a major threat to the people of the United States. Why is the president playing? Ten days later, he said there would be no flights from China for which he was attacked. What about all the other countries of the world? Did they do any better? The hatred of Donald Trump has truly uh, distorted people's ability to think clearly. The Dennis Prager Show, weekdays at 1, right before Sebastian Gorka at 3 on AM 970. The Answer. Every Saturday morning at 7, the Auto Lab, the longest-running auto show in New York City, can be heard for a full two hours. Host Professor Harold Walchok and a diverse panel of automotive experts will answer all your basic automotive questions and fill you in on the history and culture of the auto industry. The Auto Lab is on the air and here to help for a full two hours. Listen every Saturday morning starting at 7, right here on AM 970, The Answer. You make sure his toys don't have any sharp edges. You taught her what to do when the smoke alarm goes off and to wear a helmet when she rides her bicycle. You do so much to keep your child safe. But are you using the right car seat for your child? Car crashes are a leading killer of children ages 1 to 13. Protect your child's future at every stage of life. For information on the right seat for your child, visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. Sponsored by the New York State Governor's Traffic Safety Committee. Staying home? 
perfect because Omaha Steaks Stock Up Sale offers fresh all-American flavors safely to your door. Skip the long lines and feed your family the finest steaks, burgers, poultry, and pork, even easy-to-make meals, desserts, and more. Visit omahasteaks.com and type package in the search bar. You'll save 50% or more on freezer-filling assortments plus orders over $69 ship free. Omaha Steaks Stock Up Sale. Perfectly hearty, healthy, right at home. omahasteaks.com keyword package for free shipping on orders over $69. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or radio.com. Joe Piscopo wakes you up at 6 a.m. Kevin McCullough takes you home at 5 p.m. Weekdays on AM970, The Answer. The first baseman, number 17, Al Gattulo. Welcome back to the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy. The answer, very cool. I I feel like a kid again uh, because of that. Now, if you don't know who that is, obviously that's Judas Priest, uh, and you got another thing coming. But the voice that you heard there introducing me as I'm walking up to the plate, playing first base and wearing number seventeen for the New York Mets is that of Colin Cosell. Yes, that Cosell. Uh, of uh, of Howard Cosell fame, right? So, <laughs> uh, I believe Colin is uh, Howard's uh, grandson, if I'm not mistaken. First off, Colin, thank you very much for that. So, Colin, who is the um, Mets PA announcer, and since he's been sitting at home with uh, Marisol Castro, uh, has, he's been sitting home not being able to announce Met players as they come to the plate. So, what he's been doing to kind of keep himself uh, in shape because all broadcasters do this, he has been doing these custom liners for people if they ask. So I reached out to him a couple of weeks ago when he did that, and thanks to Peter Haskell from WCBS 880 who had the story about it. Um, and so uh, I reached out to him and uh, said, hey, would lo- you know, would love it if you could do one for me. So he asked me position, number, and song. So, of course, I used Judas Priest, you got another thing coming, because that's a great uh, you know, the walk up to the plate. And uh, 17 is my favorite uh, number because it reminds me of my favorite player, not only in baseball but in hockey as well, uh, Keith Hernandez, uh, lifelong fan of Keith Hernandez, playing first base for the New York Mets, but also number 17 for Rod Brindamore, who was probably the best two-way player I saw skate uh, as a Philadelphia Flyer uh, back in the 90s. So uh, when he sent this to me, Colin, I I was just tickled by goosebumps. It was phenomenal. I was so excited. Um, that the, you know that this happened, and again, I, you know, sometimes I get that little geek in me. You know, and I met William Shatner a couple of years ago, and I met. I had to pay to get a picture of him with my son. All right, but I was a, an eight-year-old again, meeting William Shatner, and just remembering all the times that I watched Star Trek as a kid at six o'clock at night on on Channel Eleven on WPIX. Uh, you know, during dinner because it was on, and I, I would watch Star Trek religiously. Same thing here, and I got to meet Keith Hernandez twenty years ago. Uh, at, a, at, a, at a softball game that he came to uh, in Central Park. And I got a picture with him, and it was awesome, and just had a great time chatting baseball with Keith Hernandez. It's one of those things that bring, it brings you right back to your youth, no matter who you are. So thanks, Colin, for that. I really appreciate it. Uh, loved it. Maybe I'll use it uh, during the um, Craft Beer Cast show uh, from time to time. But let's dive into suds and duds as uh, we're about to get out of here. Uh, first up, um, the good friends from uh, Icarus Brewing. 
I love these guys. I love what Jason and his crew are doing. And I'm trying to support small business every week by going out and buying beer uh, from a, a, a you know an independent brewer in New Jersey. I'd like to do that in New York as well, but you know my time is limited when I'm here in the in, in the city. Uh, you know, get in, do my job, get home uh, because you're not supposed to be out uh, roaming around. So uh, last week I stopped in at Wine Anthology, my local liquor store, um, and. You know, to Governor Murphy's point when he was on Tucker Carlson the other day, the answer he should have given to Tucker was, you walk into a liquor store, you know what you want, you're in and out in five, six minutes. It's not like you're you're sitting around for an hour contemplating what, what beer or what it is that you're going to try, right? So um, Wine Anthology had um, has Icarus beer, but they keep it in the back. So you got to ask the guy, hey, listen, what do you got from Icarus back there? So he opens up the freezer, he shows me what he's got, and lo and behold... The Total Recall beer that Jason did, Get Your Ass to Mars In, which is a spin on Get Your, you know, Your Butt to Mars, right? So this is a, a Mars in beer, caramel, bready, so smooth. And if I had a cigar when I was drinking it at that moment, this would have been the perfect beer. And it's got a little picture of Arnold Schwarzenegger kind of in that, like, hazy holographic mode. It's awesome. Jason, you did a fantastic job with this. I love the fact that, that guys are making these classic beers that you don't see uh, all the time. I had a final can as I'm clearing out my refrigerator of stuff uh, from a variety of different breweries. Source, no question, the Ambrosia Milkshake by Source. Fantastic beer. It is so hazy and juicy and creamy. It's got a fantastic mouthfeel to it. It's an awesome beer. As we continue on here, Suds and Duds on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Another can of beer that I had left in the fridge that I wanted to uh, drink and get rid of. And this is, you know, pardon the pun on the name, Crush a Bull. But Bolero makes a really, really awesome IPA that's about 5% that you can knock back. And, and you know, if you're in a mood and you're sitting in the yard and you want to relax a little bit and you want to put back three or four, this is the beer to do it. Crushable, they do a fantastic job with this. Now, the next beer that I had from Source is the first time they've actually canned it, but I've had it on tap before, both at the brewery and um, – at Paragon Tap and Table, my local place that I go to, try to eat there at least once a week, get takeout from them to bring home to support those local businesses. Source of Darkness. Now, what they did in this one, and I loved that Phil and Greg did this um, and Jeremy in cans, they, I would have thought they would have made a 16-ounce can of this because it's a big, boozy beer, right? Over 10%, um, something that you want to kind of pour in a glass and let it sit for a while and then you know, and sip it at your leisure, right? Maybe over a fire. But what they did was they put it in slim 12-ounce cans. Smart move. Because the 12 ounces, for me, at that alcoholic strength is enough. Smooth, dark, delicious. Um, just has a great feel to it. It's Again, it's one of those beers you, you sip slow. You kind of let, let the night go by a little bit while you're having this beer. This is a delicious, delicious stout. The Almond Joy version of this beer, the kind of variant of this, oh, my God. So good. I remember I had that on New Year's Eve. Oh, if I had a crowler of that, oh, boy, that's dangerous. Um, Reinheitz is their Pilsner that I've had from Source Brewing, and now they have it in the can. It is crisp. It is delicious. It is just a perfectly done Pilsner, and when Source opens again, you got to get over there. You have to have them pour the Pilsner for you in their three different pours. Do it in the right glasses. Just the whole experience behind it is wonderful. Source is doing a great job. Obviously, portions of the program are brought to you by Source Brewing. We're doing this um, home brewer competition. Get you, Go to am970theanswer.com. 
register if you're a home brewer. You got until July. You got until May 31st to get the the registration in. You've got until the beginning of July, uh, right around July 4th, to get your beers to source. We're gonna have the um, we're gonna have the contest uh, over four weeks, and then we're gonna have the finale on August 2nd at Source Brewing. By then, the country is gonna be reopened a little bit. Businesses are gonna get back. It's something to look forward to. We're gonna be in summer. Maybe there's not going to be as many people there as we, we, we want because of, of uh, restrictions and stuff. But let me tell you something. This is something to look forward to, folks. We need something to look forward to. You need hope. In any situation, you need hope, right? This is something to look forward to. It's going to be great. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a great time judging this. I cannot wait to sample the beers that people are going to be bringing as a home brewer. And then you have the opportunity to get your beer made by source, canned by source, and put out there... Uh, for public consumption to be bought by the general public by source. This is pretty awesome. Speaking of source, uh, as we're uh, ending up the show here, their blueberry milkshake beer came out last week. I was lucky enough to get it. In fact, one of the cans that they had for sale, I wasn't able to get. you got to get to beerbroadcast.com within minutes after they open um, uh, the sales, uh, usually on Fridays, to get this because it is... uh, I'm telling you, the beer sell out so quick at source, it's phenomenal. Super smooth on this one, the blueberry milkshake, bursting with blueberry, a hit of vanilla on the back, and super crushable for a strong beer. Super crushable. And it pours in the glass. Gorgeous. That blueberry hue, when you see that beer. When I saw this pouring before I even took a sip of it, all I thought to myself was, boy, am I going to enjoy this beer. Uh, Bolero and, uh, and Icarus, Oddly enough, came up with that. Well, not oddly enough, but they came up with a collaboration called Bolster's Juice. I got a crowler of it a couple of weeks ago. Finally got a chance over the weekend to crack it. I cannot believe that this fruit beer is 9.1% ABV. It's a little tart. There's some pineapple in it. You got all these different, you know, kind of sort of tropical fruits going on in here. It is a great beer. And I ended up crushing the entire crowler can. Look. You got a lot, I got a lot of time to drink on the weekends now. Got a lot of time to sample different beers, so got to check it out. Now, my wife is a big fan of sours, so I've been trying to get her different sours to try. Um, she is a big fan of these little slim cans of Rodenbach uh, sours. They're, I think they're six or eight ounces or whatever it is. She likes it because it, it's not as acidic. This particular beer, though, that I got from Allagash is very acidic. I believe in love. I got it in a... It's in a uh, a small bottle, a 750 milliliter bottle, great, and I got a little bit of a taste of it. She had a, a full glass. I had, a, you know, what was left in the bottle. Great acidic bite. Love the flavors. Raspberry, uh, strawberry, very well done. Very, very berry forward, uh, but the acid is strong in it. It is definitely something uh, that you you got to take watch of uh, when you're drinking it. But it is a delicious beer. And then finally, one bit of news uh, before we get out of here. Anheuser-Busch InBev donating $1 million to the U.S. Bartender Emergency Assistance Program amid the pandemic. CEO of Anheuser-Busch, Michael Dukeris, says the donation will support restaurant and bar workers who are furloughed during, uh, due to coronavirus shutdowns as they are the company's first priority. They also plan on offering wholesalers a 50% reimbursement for all untapped out-of-code draft beer through July 1st in addition to their donations and reimbursements. Uh, Dukeris says they are keeping employees working by reassigning them to other roles within the company and through volunteer efforts. So kudos to Anheuser-Busch InBev uh, for doing that. Again, uh, donating $1 million to the United States Bartender Emergency Assistance Program. Good for them. My thanks to everyone involved in the show, as well as my guest, Dan Pogozelski, the owner of Tinderwall Brewery, located in Bordentown, New Jersey. And, of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back Monday on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m., this has been the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, cheers, everybody.